Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney Insights Podcast. So glad you could join us. My recent visit dining at Disney's Contemporary Resort in Walt Disney World made me realize that this is really a great place for Magic Kingdom guests who are looking for a place to get away during the craziness of being in the park. There are three particular dining experiences that caters to many tastes and makes it easy to enjoy a finer dining experience than you just might get at the Magic Kingdom. David Zanola of Zanola Travel, as well as myself, take you through three locations at Disney's Contemporary Resort. Contempo Cafe, Chef Mickey's Character Buffet, and Steakhouse 71. We'll talk not only about our favorite dishes and our preferences in making those dining experiences work, but also talk strategy about how to best fit it into your day at Magic Kingdom. Join us as we talk about better Magic Kingdom dining choices at Disney's Contemporary Resort. Make sure you also check out DisneyInsights.com where you're going to find a lot of text and and photos that support this podcast. Want to make sure that you also subscribe to Disney Insights so that you can be notified of upcoming podcasts when they occur. And uh, if you get a chance, go visit your iTunes or your favorite podcast station and if possible give us a positive rating and review. It really helps the littlest podcasts that ever could. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, so just let you know we've got a lot to cover here so I'm just going to head on over to our conversation between David and I and talk about these three restaurants, Contempo Cafe, Steakhouse 71, and Chef Mickey's. And we'll just kind of take a look at all the possibilities uh, that can be that can be yours when you just stop by during your stay at Magic Kingdom. So without further ado, let's let's talk contemporary. Oh, David, I can't believe it takes uh, a it takes covering food to get you on a podcast here. This is just I, there's so many topics we could cover. And here we are. <sighs> We're talking about food. But, you know, I think this is you really are the one who inspired me with this podcast topic because I thought, you know, I don't I, I'm not putting down restaurants at Magic Kingdom. There are choices and one can have an enjoyable time. But if really one wants to step it up on the food side and really also kind of get away from the intensity of it, getting on the monorail and just taking a short haul over or even just walking it is just uh, a nice little choice. And uh, and so I thought we would focus on um three restaurants, Contempo Cafe, which is their, their counter service kind of thing, mm -hmm. Chef Mickey's, which is their big buffet, and then Steakhouse 71, which is their nicer but more casual affair. We won't cover California Grill because I think that's an event kind of thing where you want to dress up, and th that's a bigger thing, um, But although both you and I could talk about it. But, but I'd like to just talk about the idea that we would step away from the Magic Kingdom just to get a break and just to elevate our dining experience by going to the contemporary. So um, that's kind of the premise of this podcast and, and the thing that you would kind of uh, 
kind of brought to my attention and thought. Uh, any any comments on that? No, I think it's a good plan because uh, there's plenty of food in the Magic Kingdom. But if you want to get away, especially for from a, from a quiet, less uh, less hectic perspective, then going to one of the Monorail Resorts for lunch is a really good plan. Yeah. Now, I, I will say starting out with the Contempo Buffet, they do have some breakfast items. I'd probably go with the breakfast flatbread, which has got scrambled eggs, sausage gravy, cheddar bacon and chives. There's also a loaded tacho bowl. This is probably the most lackluster of, of breakfast choices because we'll talk a little later about Steakhouse 71 and, and our experience with Chef Mickey's at breakfast. So that... Um, but if you're just running to get something out the door, there is something to be had. If you were staying, for instance, at the Contemporary, I don't know that I'd go over for breakfast just to say to go over um, to breakfast. But um, but when we get to the lunch and dinner menus, I think there's some fun some fun choices um, that are listed there. Certainly, a lot. Uh, the, there's a three meat flatbread, a vegetable flatbread, and a barbecue chicken flatbread. Uh, there's several style sandwiches with the meatball sub, the beef sub, the hot turkey sandwich, which uh, I really like. And then uh, the four cheese grilled cheese and tomato basil soup. It kind of sounds like the, something ser being served right now over at uh, the Figment Festival that I've got. But and the Contempo Burger. Tell me what what has been your go to at Contempo Cafe? Well, it's been kind of different because if we're there with our kids, our kids are suckers for those flatbreads. So they'll get that three meat flatbread mm -hmm. and they enjoy it. Um, the 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 grilled cheese and tomato basil soup actually tastes a lot like the same uh, similar combo they have out at the Jolly Holiday Bakery in Disneyland there on Main Street. Um, but those subs are all I'm not going to suggest that anything there is the best that you're going to go back as destination food for any of those food items. But. I still think that they're a step above any of the quick service locations in the Magic Kingdom. So um, even if you get that Contempo burger, which is just an Angus burger yeah. that has bacon and that kind of stuff, um, you're going to get it on a brioche bun. And I also think that whenever we've gone there for lunch, I think you're going to get it a little fresher. Um, not to say that it's like fresh meat that they've ground that morning, but they're they're not going to be as busy. And so I think your food is going to be made more frequently than if you go to Cosmic Rays in the Magic mm. Kingdom in Tomorrowland. They're making mm. 75 of those patties at once and putting them in a warmer. <laughs> and so I think I, I think that you get stuff a, a skosh more fresh uh, going there than you would at one of the quick service in the Magic Kingdom. And I should mention dinner. Now, I if you were to do dinner, I would go over at like four or four. I think when does it start? I think about four o'clock, five o'clock. I'd do it early before you went over to the fireworks and enjoyed the evening. But if I were to do a dinner, they also have a grilled shrimp bowl, crispy tofu bowl, a braised beef bowl, and a grilled chicken bowl. And again, it just it's it's an elevated choice above above the others. There's also some fun. Um, uh, I, uh, there's some really fun, uh, dessert kinds of things. Five legged goat fruit tart, which really is just a fruit tart with a picture of, uh, a white chocolate picture of, uh, of the five legged goat from the, from the mural monorail s'mores brownie. It's a fudge brownie with graham cracker crust and it's, and some marshmallow cream, of course. And then it's got a chocolate, white chocolate decor of a monorail, which is just really cool um a churro sugar cookie a kitchen sink cookie some really a jack jack 
cookie num nums uh cupcake which really is a instagrammable kind of image so there's a lot of fun little um choices there even a dole whip cupcake uh so um yeah there are choices there um mm -hmm. at the contempo cafe i think where uh we really um had a great experience i i i, I said great that's a little strong <laughs> I think we had a very positive, I, let me just say, I think my experience was far more positive than I thought it would be going to Chef Mickey's. I think it had been a couple of years for you and I. Um, yes, quite a, going, quite a few years for us. Going to this. And so I was hesitant. Now, we the previous time we had done, a, ah, it seemed like it was a lunch or a midday, kind of like two or three o'clock in the afternoon we had done. Uh, the meal we took in a late morning breakfast, and I thought the the brilliance of this, David, was you could get out the gate to the Magic Kingdom, go do all the rides while there are no lines, and then as it got busy, head over to the Contemporary and still do a. We had an eleven thirty time, I think, for Chef Mickey's, but they were going well into one o'clock, and I thought for sure they don't do a lunch per se, they do a very late, a very early breakfast that goes into late breakfast, and then they do their dinner. I thought, I thought they'd be, I thought that the whole buffet would look um, lacking by the time they rolled around to 1245, one o'clock. And I have to say it, they kept that buffet looking, looking pretty solid through uh, the entire breakfast and i just love the idea that we were you know here we were eating at that hour of the of the day i love breakfast any time of day i'm i'm definitely a breakfast person um and uh and so i love being able to do that and get it midday and what a great way to get away from the parks after having done a pretty intense morning of trying to get on everything without waiting your yeah, thoughts. And, I th and I think the character interactions pretty top notch to uh, the fact that, you know, yes, the food's going to be expensive and the food's going to be more than you'd pay in your local town. But if you're a family that's looking to get a bunch of characters done in one fell swoop mm. and eat, this is this is a way to do it. Because we saw what Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, Goofy and Pluto. Pluto. Yeah. So we saw five characters yeah, that came, the to, Fab five. came to our table and we got to eat. So now I, I think our bill was around 50 bucks a person potentially. Yeah, so 54 per adult plus gratuity and then 34 for the for a three to nine child plus gratuity, taxing gratuity. Yeah. And so, I think it's going to be, I think you're going to be, I think you're going to be hard pressed for anybody to say they ate $54 worth of food. But if you start saying, well, if part of my genie plus admission would have gone towards getting a lightning lane towards Mickey and Minnie or towards whatever characters you'd want to see, you know, it probably ends up being more like a $30 meal with whatever you figure you would value those character meet and greets at. So um, I, I don't know that I'll be going back because I don't have little kids, at least not for a while. Uh, but I didn't, I wasn't disappointed in, in the decision to go. And I wasn't disappointed by the food. No. Um, I found plenty to eat. There was a steak and egg scramble that was, um, well, it was the only place you were going to get kind of a steak type dish, 
but it was in the egg scramble, but it was delicious. And I like steak and egg scrambled. There were several different kinds of omelets. Uh, biscuits and gravy probably were a little disappointing. And maybe if I had added a little more salt and pepper to it. Um, they had charcuterie and cheese boards. They had uh, a carved pit ham. Um, that I don't know, that cinnamon roll thing we found, that was gooey, crazy kind of fun. Lots of fruit. Um, uh, the juice, we did the pog thing. Um, pineapple, orange, guava. Uh, let's see what uh they have waffles and pancakes, croissant beignets. Um Yeah, and they weren't really like they called them beignets. I don't know if they were beignets, yeah. but what they really were was they were cut up chunks of of cronuts, which was fantastic. Mm. Please please don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to diminish them by saying that. Like that was fantastic. I love cronuts. So that's what they were. They were basically like if you were to imagine a cronut chopped into eight different pieces that's basically what it was i don't know that i got any beignet you know fluffy pillow taste out of it but they were good what i loved is that they sat us up against the window so we could actually look out toward the magic kingdom kind of a rainy day cold day but we had a nice kind of view now one of the things i that really drives me crazy about this restaurant is i really think that it, it feels so last minute design. It, I felt like, I always feel like they went out to the warehouse where they keep all the Disney props and decor and said, hey, look for anything in a Mickey decor and drag drag those things back here. And then they sat them up against the wall. And I, I just, I think it's so, there is such a huge opportunity to redo that decor in a thoughtful, fun kind of way still because it is it is about Mickey. Um I, so the decor doesn't do it for me, but I, I, I didn't feel like, I felt like I could, the, the buffet was pretty accessible. I didn't feel like I, it was overcrowded and you're, or you had to stand in line for 10 minutes to get to, you know, get to the food you wanted. I thought the characters were outstanding. They were, the Fab Five were different, definitely fabulous because they just, they they acted the part. They did the part. I uh, I had this incredible fun conversation. If you can have a one way conversation with Donald and and a big hug, put the picture on DisneyInsights.com. We just I I think the characters were real treat. They had what was it? Who had um, Pluto had a frying pan tied to his. Well, Pluto's name tag was like somebody had written on an old cast iron frying pan, like, you know, like you would see Rapunzel and Tangled hit somebody with. And it was just a cute, a cute little detail. But I'm fairly certain that in Topolino's didn't wasn't Pluto there and didn't Pluto have a little like artist paint, you know, little paint palette that they kind of put on yeah. their thumb. Didn't Pluto have the name of yeah. that? So again, a silly little detail, but still just as cool. You know, and it's but so, so let's do a little comparative point there because we, you and I had done Topolinos, and which would be a really great place to go take a character breakfast late in the in the morning from the studios, maybe and maybe Epcot. Um, we and I, I would say how how I thought the characters were just were even better at Topolinos, perhaps because of their their costumes and whatnot, but they were all wonderful. Um, at both locations. Topolino's, though, as a character breakfast is kind of a, you choose your 
you choose what you want. And it was a little more affordable, but I really think I got more value for the dollar, even though it was more expensive at Chef Mickey's. Um, maybe tastier selections at Topolino's. What? How would you compare those two when you? Yeah, I think the food. I mean, the uh, I think the food is unquestionably better at Topolino's, but you're right. So it's a uh, you get to pick. You get unlimited pastries and that kind of stuff, like muffins and croissants and little danishes at Topolino's, but then you just pick one of your dishes. And I don't know if you could have, because I didn't ask because I was full, if I could have gotten a second one of my same dish or not, I would assume not. Um, but like if you go to Ackershoes where the princesses are, you know, if you go to one of those meals and you were to get the the meatballs and you were to want a second dish, they used to bring you a second serving if you wanted. So I don't know for certain about that. But yes, food value wise, if you're saying I want to get as much food as I possibly can for my money, then that's a Chef Mickey's. But I think the food quality is better at Topolino's. I think the experience is more relaxed. And I think there's more room for the characters to move around. You don't feel like you're crammed so close to all of the other tables like you are at Chef Mickey's. And so if I had a free voucher and I could spend it on either meal, I'd do Topolino's, no doubt. But it's so much Chef Mickey's is so convenient due to its proximity to the yeah. Magic Kingdom that it's 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 kind of hard to beat for a for a break away from the Magic Kingdom crowds. And when you said uh, tables I, I, in certain sections of that restaurant, you are crowded up against other tables. I didn't feel our table was. Uh, no, that's true. That's true. Um, I felt like we were pretty separate. And I felt like we could take all the time in the world um, last wow. night. But no question, if, you know, you you could go to Boma's for better food. You, there's there's some better choices in buffets for food quality. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I was surprised how good the food was for Chef Mickey's because I had pretty well discounted it as as being pretty pretty much on a Shoney's buffet level um upper that, Shoney's that's a, a deep, high that, quality that's Shoney's. A, that, that's a deep cut Shoney's man I remember going to Shoney's is there do they even have Shoney's are they still around I don't even think they do I don't know, I don't know who does I'm gonna I'm gonna Google is Shoney's dead <laughs> Shoney's no, no Shoney's not it, dead there's there's a Shoney's uh, in Orlando, I'm sure. They have 61 locations. And half of them still are, existing. Half of them, I think, are still in Orlando. Yeah, there's a Shoney's in Old Town that's actually fairly, fairly new. And it's a buffet. I guess we could do a Shoney's review at some point. I'll pass. Thanks, though. <laughs> okay. At any rate, um, character buffet, if you're bringing kids, you want to see the Fab Five, great option. Great yeah. option for a late breakfast that's convenient to the Magic Kingdom. Um, that was that was really cool. I had done Steakhouse 71 for breakfast a couple of months ago. Actually, it was for my birthday. Loved the experience. Got there early in the morning, and um, and they have great high-end choices for breakfast. There's two styles, the traditional Eggs Benedict and a Floridian crab cake style eggs benedict there's an avocado toast there are omelets there are seasonal pancakes there's waltz prime rib hash uh steak and eggs um with the bernay sauce the, the, um wonderful breakfast options if you wanted to get it if you can get in early and not miss 
the the those sacred hours of trying to get on rides and attractions at Magic Kingdom. It's not going to stay. It doesn't stay open. I think beyond ten a.m. for breakfast. Now, having gone through all those attractions, and then you're looking for a place to go for lunch, um, definitely a great choice in my opinion. And and dinner also. I would do an early dinner and then go over to the park for for fireworks and evening entertainment. But. Um, Uh, I have done uh, the bacon and eggs choice. That's an appetizer. It's a uh, maple lacquered pork belly with smoked cheese grits and an egg. I've done the uh, Caesar salad. Uh, I've done the onion rings. Um, I've done the um, vegetable Wellington. Uh, any choices that you absolutely love? at Steakhouse 71. I think I've gotten the exact same thing every time I've gone, and that's the burger. Oh, okay. Okay. It's got, a, it's got, it's got like two really fat, thick cut pieces of bacon on, which make it really juicy. And these like uh, garlic Parmesan lattice fries. I mean, it's one of the, and I'm yes. going to say this, and somebody listening is going to say, well, hasn't he ever had this? Bur it, it, to me, not living in a place with a lot of burger houses, it's one of the best burgers I've ever had. Um, and so that is my go-to. If I'm going there for lunch, I'm getting that burger. I'd, I'd do a burger there over the one over at um, Disney Springs that you and I have gone back and forth on. <laughs> that was like <laughs> nine years ago. No, that wasn't nine years ago. So the stack burger is a signature blend of beef, pork belly, American cheese, lemon aioli, red onion, house-made pickles on a brioche bun, Parmesan fries is what you're referencing, mm -hmm. although you mm -hmm. could also get a pasta salad or a petite Caesar salad. There's a gourmet grilled cheese. Um, we went there for lunch in December to celebrate uh, uh, a good friend of mine, former cast member's birthday. And I was shocked how crowded it was at lunchtime. I thought this would be a pretty dead place. Now, it turned out that a lot of cast members were using their um, mm. discounts during the holidays to go and have lunch there uh, at the park. So I think that's what filled up the area. But honestly, it was very quiet when I did breakfast in October, and it probably is most times of the year not that busy at lunchtime. Um, yeah, I still think even if you do have cast members over there using it, I still think your crowd's... Your 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 chaos is nothing compared to doing a quick service lunch at Pecos Bills, at Cosmic Rays, at one of those places during lunch in the parks. I mean, it's nothing. And I really don't know that unless you're ordering extravagantly, I don't really know that your bill is going to be a ton more there. And the food's light years better and the atmosphere is more quiet. And like I said, if you're somebody who has little kids and you're like, I need these kids to fall asleep in their stroller, there's a lot higher likelihood that they're going to be able to fall asleep in a stroller next to your table at Steakhouse 71 than they will at Pecos Bills. Well, I and I, I think a great comparison point would be to go to Tony's. You know, mm. Tony's, you have to go to the front of the park anyway. And I again, I think for the dollar for the pricing, I don't think that Steakhouse 71 at lunchtime is a whole lot more than what you're going to pay at Tony's.
for lunch. And yet the quality is so much better at uh, Steakhouse 71. I love the decor, the, the nostalgia and reminiscence of early Walt Disney World. Um, that's just, it's just a great environment. There's also, I haven't done the lounge yet, but there is, um, if you just wanted to come over to the lounge, there are some quick bites like the steak and the, um, uh, like the bacon and egg thing that I have. Um, there's um, wings and things like that. So there are some choices of just dropping in on the lounge if you don't have a res at Steak 70, Steakhouse 71. So all those are really, I think, uh, good choices when you're at the Magic Kingdom. Do you do you prefer, um, do you monorail it more or do you walk back and forth? Um, I'll just walk it, because, assuming the weather's fine, because for me, the walking, it's its like a 13-minute walk, I think, is what I clocked it as once. Is that and like a 13-minute waited hour there? Maybe. <laughs> uh, but I think by the time you walk up the monorail and you wait on a monorail, I, I would think the... I would think that the wait time is going to be about the same. Now going, I, I definitely would walk back to the magic kingdom instead of taking the whole monorail loop around. Yeah. If you're, if you're looking at maximizing your time, but for me, I can just control my own time better, a lot better by walking over. And like I said, it's about 13 minutes or so. So it's not horrible. All right. Any other concluding thoughts on dining at the contemporary? No, I think it's a good way to get out of the, I keep talking about out of the chaos, but especially if you have little ones or you don't love crowds, getting out and then getting some better food. And again, that's not to say, I'm not saying that anybody who is choosing to eat in the Magic Kingdom is making a poor decision because for some families and some parties, you need to just eat right then. And it's easier to just eat and stay there and get back to rides. I totally get that. If you have the flexibility to be able to leave the park, we think it's a fantastic way to try some food, some, some better food, to see a deluxe resort. If you've never been inside of a deluxe resort and there's no more resort iconic at Disney other than maybe the Polynesian. Uh, so getting to see inside of that resort, getting some better food, and then you're only 15 minutes back maximum back to the magic kingdom. And I think you have a much more relaxing time, less crowded, but better food. Perfectly said. Thank you so much, David. Appreciate you joining me. Thanks for having me. My big thanks to David Zanola, my good friend, for really uh, just coming on board and talking all things uh, food-wise at Disney's Contemporary Resort. Hopefully this podcast has made you realize, well, David is the kind of person to both he and his wife, Leah, they are the people who know Disney in ways few do. And believe me, I go through a lot of podcasts, a lot of travel agents. I listen to them. David and Leah are one of the few people who really know what's going on. And they can make your next trip on land or sea an absolutely exciting one. Well, at least make it a lot less stressful. So please, hey, contact them. Um, we'll have uh, their link on our show notes page and also on DisneyInsights.com. They can help you with your next vacation, whether it's a, at the one of the Disney theme parks. Uh, they're headed to Disneyland next week to kind of catch the, the latest and greatest of what's going on over there. They've got a group going to Asia. 
uh, this next, uh, well, Japan at least, I'm, uh, this next uh, winter, you want to sign up for that if you've not done that. They can help you with the cruise, Adventure by Disney. There is no charge to utilize their services, but it really will save you a lot of time getting the details right. I just recommended them the other day to a, a fairly high-end uh, client who was um, intrigued um, by coming back somewhere when there was... Uh, uh, the free dining kind of concept and somebody needs any David's perfect person to kind of explore what those options are and so forth. Anyway, please visit Zanola Travel at ZanolaTravel.com. And thank you for joining us. If you get a chance, check out my newest book, A Century of Powerful Disney Insights on Amazon. You know, we're still celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company. I'm digging in deep. Uh, to work on the second edition, but the first, but both editions together um, cover a hundred years, where the Walt Disney Company has emerged as one of the most successful entertainment entities across the globe. The first volume, which is already available, studies the first 50 years of Disney, beginning with Walt and Roy. We look at major milestones. We look at everything from Oswald the Lucky Rabbit and Mickey Mouse to Snow White and Cinderella, from the Mouseketeers to Mary Poppins, and from Disneyland to Walt Disney World. And we share stories and insights from 1923 to 1973. Check out the link on my show notes page and also at DisneyInsights.com. A century of powerful Disney insights. Absolutely a lot of fun and very different kind of approach to a Disney history book. Because, well, frankly, this podcast, this post, and even this book is provided by myself and Performance Journeys. We're celebrating our 20th year as a training and development group, bringing best in business ideas. So we're not only talking about the history of Disney, we're talking about its application back to your life, your organization, to the things you do and things you love and the dreams you have. And so check out performancejourneys.com if you want a keynote speaker, you need some consulting support. We talk about leadership development and customer service, employee engagement, heading back to another client, uh, talking about agility this week and how organizations make things happen. Yeah, I don't think Tron is gonna be a really good example of that. But notwithstanding, uh, we do talk about all sorts of examples, and you want to check that out and, uh, on my Performance Journeys page. Well, again, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you taking the time and being a part of the magic here. And in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. That's so important as we go into this new year. You want to be thinking about what really will take you to the next level. Uh, that's what this uh, podcast and website and everything supports is helping you take it to the next level. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. See you real, see you real soon.